Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Coming to you from the other London, let's start the show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to GradCast, the official radio show of the Society of Graduate Students here at Western University. The point of this show is that we interview our amazing graduate student body here and talk about the things that they're getting up to. I am your producer today, Tristan Johnson. I'm going to introduce our two hosts for today, Emma Bridgewater and Andrew Hanna. Say hello, guys. A little bit quickly just about your research. I know you work something with pregnancy. Yeah. Give us a little bit more uh, information on that. Sure. So I'm in my second year of my master's in the exercise and pregnancy lab in kinesiology, as Emma mentioned. Um, I did my undergrad at Western, too, so I've been here for this is my sixth year. Um, and I really, really like it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what got you interested in doing the master's in uh, kinesiology and working with uh, pregnancy? Mm-hmm. So in my undergrad, I volunteered, or, yeah, I volunteered in my supervisor's lab, Dr. Michelle Matola, and I really liked working with the special population of pregnant women and the fact that it was promoting exercise and healthy eating, and I became interested in that field and how I could contribute to it some more, so I pursued my master's with her. So tell us a little bit more about the gestational diet. Um, so obviously dieting, things like that, it's a, it's a big hot topic right now. So what are um, pregnant women supposed to be focusing on in their uh, pregnancy terms? Or is there a difference um, in the diet per term, things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, so with our women, with my study that we're working on right now, we give them the gestational diabetic diet to follow, okay. which is meant to prevent, if they started early, p- will prevent um, them getting gestational diabetes like that's the intent of it and it's not specific meals that it recommends but rather it's a carbohydrate controlled diet okay so they are given a set of macronutrient guidelines to follow for carbohydrates fats proteins etc and um yeah they should try to stick to that as best as possible is it fairly easy to develop diabetes during pregnancy yeah especially if you're gaining excessive weight during pregnancy Mm -hmm. which most people tend to do okay Mm -hmm. okay so you're taking these pregnant women who are already suffering pregnancy and then forcing them to diet and to exercise. It's not a diet per se, because we're not limiting how much food or the types of food that they... Well, yes, the types of food, but not how much. Rather, we're trying to control how much, not limit them. So So do you develop like an individual, like with each woman, an individual sort of uh, daily calorie goal sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. So they should be around 2,000 calories per day. Um, and around a maximum of 250 grams of um, of carbohydrates per day. So, any you know, if they keep within those guidelines, then they should be all right in terms of gaining good general weight gain. I know one thing that your research is uh, focuses on is like large babies. Mm-hmm. I believe the term is. Mm-hmm. Um, how much does diet actually affect the growth? Um, of a child, um, if like a parent, or, like a mother overeats, things like that, will it actually substantially increase the weight of the baby as well? It could. So, a large for birth age baby would be termed a macrosomic baby. So, macrosomia is what's that called? What that is called? Um, and diet can have play a big role in it because anything that the mother gains excessively will be gained in the mother as fat, but then because she's bigger the baby might grow bigger because it's in an overfed environment or there's a number of factors that play into it like more physiological factors but it can impact it so that's why diet and exercise in combination are very important for the mother to maintain a healthy pregnancy 
So uh, what about like various strategies? Um, so behavior change is obviously one of the hardest things to mm-hmm. implement. Um, especially in this population, I can imagine it's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, just as, as was previously mentioned, it's pretty stressful being pregnant as right. it is. Um, what do you guys find? What strategies do you guys implement in your studies? So in this, in my study that's going on right now, we're one of the major changes or the new things to the study is that we've split up the exercise and nutrition components. So instead of giving both at the same time, we're trying giving one first, so exercise first, and then maybe nutrition added later to see if that will help women adhere to the programs better and see better results. You know, they're more likely to stick with two behavior changes if they have already mastered one and give them the other one after. Do you get any kind of resistance during these studies? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, too, is they're busy with their own lives and they're working during their pregnancies, too, and different stresses like that. Or they lose interest if they get the one behavior change first that they weren't really excited for so say nutrition because you know, that's they may be overhauling their whole diet right and you know if that is a bit of a struggle then they might get discouraged and not really be interested in going forward with it but so far we've been seeing that the exercise first women because it's a walking program that we do with them so it's not anything strenuous you know it's not going to harm them or their baby during the pregnancy and that's really attainable for them and that has so far been very encouraging because they're excited by that and they're like, okay, now what else can I do to be even healthier? And then that's when we give them the nutrition. And okay. yeah. So how long are they uh, like? How long are they on this program? So when do you start recruiting these women? And uh, for people, the women who are given you know exercise first, when do you phase in the nutrition mm-hmm. aspect of the uh, study? Mm-hmm. So we start recruiting when they're twelve weeks pregnant. Anything earlier than that could be dangerous. You know, there's possibility of miscarriage or even morning sickness is more strong in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. So we like to wait till after that. Um, And then the latest we'll take them is 20 weeks gestation. So between 12 and 20 weeks, um, that's when they start the program. And they're randomized into one of the three groups. Either they'll get both behavior changes at the same time, starting right away, or exercise first or nutrition first. Um, And then continue until 24 weeks gestation. And then we add in the second behavior change or they just continue with both so it varies if they if they join the program at 20 weeks then they only get four weeks with the first behavior before they add the other but if they started at 12 then they get quite a bit longer just uh one thing with with the exercise adherence so we see that this population typically responds well to it Mm -hmm. is there anything else that maybe we could add um, to make them maybe exercise more or is there a certain limit that they can exercise I know there's like a lot of you know these yoga moms mm-hmm. who are just going out you know they're full belly and they're still doing pretty vigorous exercise um, just whatever uh, knowledge you have on that is that safe to do can we do that um, I think it's important to consider what they were doing before they became pregnant because if you were you know very involved in yoga before you were pregnant and you just maintain that level or maybe decrease it a little bit as your pregnancy goes on you should be okay Um, But if you did nothing before and then during your pregnancy decide you want to become a yogi, that may be a little bit (laughs) detrimental. You know, you don't want to take on anything too intense during pregnancy because it is a precarious time for your body. But, yeah, if if you're used to doing it before, if you are active regularly prior to pregnancy, then maintaining it or slightly decreasing it to compensate should be fine. Mm-hmm. So, kind of going on with that, um, are there any unique challenges working with this population? Yes. Um, pregnancy is an interesting time <laughs> for the women. Uh, we call them placenta brains, affectionately, because sometimes they, you know, they don't show up, they forget their appointments. If they have other children who are sick, then they 
you know, called the last minute, they can't make it. So that is a challenge. You know, you have to be ready for anything to happen or changes to happen last minute. Um, and then there is the challenge that other complications can arise, you know, if they have different genetic issues or a miscarriage or something that happens during the pregnancy, then they can no longer participate or if their doctor notices something is wrong and suggests that they don't participate. So that's hard in terms of participant retention, but luckily we don't see too, too much of that. So what are the husbands or partners doing during this time when their uh, their pregnant spouses are, you know, coming into lab and exercising mm-hmm. and regulating diet? And I've heard from chatting with the women that we see that their husbands are forced to go on the walks with them <laughs> or forced to follow the nutrition plan with them. So it's best to be supportive of pregnant. Exactly. Women. Yes. Just one thing um, I, I'd love to know a little mm-hmm. bit more about. Um, so during pregnancy, obviously, again, it is a very sensitive time mm-hmm. for the, the outcome of the baby. Um, what are things that parent, like future mothers or currently pregnant uh, women can focus on to improve, um, you know, like birth weight, um, you know, the impact it has maybe during the rest of the child's life? Um, so just anything about, about that. Mm-hmm. So if you were looking to become pregnant <laughs> or if you are currently pregnant... Um, I would suggest following the Institute of Medicine guidelines, which they put out in 2009. So that's based on pre-pregnancy BMI, and it determines how much weight you should be gaining during your pregnancy. So, for example, for a normal weight woman, she should be gaining between uh, 25 and 35 pounds during her pregnancy. So if you try to stick to those guidelines and don't gain in excess of that, then you, sh- you know, that, that will help you move toward having a healthy pregnancy. And also being, you know, maintaining your physical activity or starting a walking program. It's not intense. It's not strenuous and shouldn't be harmful. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Just one more thing that just on on that note, um, vitamins is another big one mm-hmm. with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys focus at all on that, or um, do you have any advice again for pregnant women taking vitamins? A lot of our participants do take like different prenatal vitamins or supplements like folic acid that you recommended before or um, mentioned before. Um, we don't recommend anything specifically. We you know, usually could say like if your doctor suggested it or if you feel you should take it, that's fine. But the diet that we use, the gestational diabetic diet, if you were to follow it, you would get a lot of that from the foods that you're eating too because there are a lot of like fruits and vegetables and grains and dairy products and proteins so okay. and your body absorbs it better from food anyway right so yeah so does if you were you know an expecting mother as well and you know you're trying to you know breed the child which can you focus on you know focus <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry breed so the I, child? I, I always think about it in terms of the athletes like you know there's i always see because yes. <laughs> from my background and working in the gyms and stuff uh-huh. i always see that you know there's parents out there with this like notion that you know the more i train like during pregnancy the more right. i eat more you know high protein diets maybe my child will have like a, a, a genetic or an athletic uh, benefit uh-huh. anything like that I'm actually confirmed. not sure about that. I've never heard that before. <laughs> Sounds like a PhD project. I, yeah. <laughs> Breeding <laughs> children. Is it possible to breed your ideal athlete? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, okay. Before we <laughs> swerve into the realm of eugenics here. Um, Designer babies. I, That's what I, I was going yeah. for. I was hoping. Yeah. I, I actually have a question uh, that relates to this work. So do you guys take uh, women that are pregnant with twins or triplets? No, not currently or not ever i don't think in my lab it does pose a greater risk um to have a multi-parous pregnancy like that like with more than one fetus Mm -hmm. so 
so far we are only taking signal single pregnancies and also do you have a support network or any sort of thing in place to help single mothers who are going who want to participate in the program um we do offer child care like while they're participating so if they have other kids that they need to be watched while in order to participate we offer that all right thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> So, where do you find these women? Ah, I mean, excellent like question. With, with my own work and with you know other scientists who mm-hmm. are doing stuff with uh, like college-aged kids, we have an entire campus. Yeah. But I mean, you can't just put up posters in the student center asking for pregnant women right, at Western because right. you're not going to get very many. Right. Um, so that is another challenge in this special population group. So we we recruit through some mid some midwives in London. Um, through a few midwifery clinics and through some like medical clinics as well with some doctors and then just you know we put up posters I know that one of the girls in my lab goes to yoga so she has you know she put up a poster there because there's a prenatal yoga class or word of mouth pregnant women all seem to know other pregnant women (laughs) so or like women who are becoming pregnant so a lot of our participants kind of know each other too so yeah but it is it is a challenge sometimes Mm-hmm. So you're going into you're starting the second year of mm-hmm. your masters, if I'm remembering correctly. So, do you have any plans? Like, I, I know this is the dreaded graduate student question, but any plans going forward? Is uh, a PhD on the horizon? Um, yeah, I think I, I could be interested in pursuing this research toward a PhD. I think I'd like to focus a bit more, maybe more clinically, so less in a lab, more in a hospital or another sort of clinical setting, or even take it more into lab and go more physiological so so you're designing babies right yeah, exactly looking at the, looking we're gonna take you <laughs> off air forever like, no but looking more specifically at like the fetal physiology and how these more general like exercise and nutrition interventions actually impact the fetuses on a physiological level so yeah i guess sort of designing your baby <laughs> yeah no it's, it's honestly it's awesome to hear mm-hmm. that um you know, we're promoting healthier eating, things mm-hmm. like especially diet during pregnancy. I, I know especially I, I did my undergrad as well in Ken. Mm-hmm. That's how we obviously know each other. But um, I remember a lot of that, you know, you, you just kind of read it. And I mean, in, in medical practice, it's very common to just say, like, eat healthy and exercise. But we kind of sweep that under yeah. the table with, you know, don't smoke and don't drink. Um, so focusing research on that, that's, that's very, very, very rewarding, mm-hmm. I can imagine. We're trying to shift the mindset away from um, eating for two to eating twice as healthy. And then instead of, you know, putting your feet up and relaxing, like actually getting out there. I mean, you should if you need to relax and take it easy, but also don't, you know, it's not a, a um, passive time. You can, you can be active during pregnancy and you should. Mm-hmm. Now, is the eating for two thing, like, <laughs> and, and forgive me if this sounds incredibly ignorant, is that actually true? Like, is that really what you're doing? Because, I mean, a fetus is so much smaller than, you know... A regular human being so like you don't you obviously don't double your calorie no no and that's why we say eat twice as healthy because the fetus is getting the nutrients that you are putting into your body so if you're putting trash into your body then that's what the fetus is pulling out of it right Mm -hmm. so we say eat twice as healthy you don't have to not necessarily eat more because that's where you end up you might gain more excessive weight during your pregnancy um i think even if a woman were to like be in starvation the fetus would still be able to get some nutrients from her own nutrient stores, like the mother's nutrient stores. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to eat twice as much. <laughs> yeah. 
Darn. Darn, yeah, I, I know. know. Honestly, I was always almost looking forward to when my wife mm. got pregnant. I mean, you can eat. You're not pregnant, so <laughs> go for it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat twice as much food in front of your pregnant wife. No, <laughs> I, I have, <laughs> speaking of the husbands, I have heard that before where the women are on the diet plan and the husbands are like, hmm, ice cream and like all these treats. And she's like, I hate you, honey. I hate you. Uh, actually, speaking of which, do you have any crazy stories to share? I mean, I can imagine that this population is quite interesting. Um... No, no, nothing too. Oh, I don't want to violate, you know, the confidentiality oh, that, that I have that with these true. women, but nothing too wild. No, I no. Do you do any follow up with them? So I know, obviously, you're looking at um, fetal health, and I'm sure there's yes. some immediate follow up post birth. But yes. is there like any option for women who want to continue to like eat healthy and work out and keep this program going even um, with their very young infant? Mm-hmm. So within my master's research, I'm only following them until birth just because within two years it would be harder or hard to do something longer than that. But it, we do follow them. Like this study is going to go until a year postpartum. So they'll come in at two months, six months, and one year. And we'll look at the baby and how its size is progressing and then also the weight retention of the mother. Are there any resources for uh, parents to grab for their children as like for dieting advice, let's say, and mm-hmm. like over time? Um... Yeah, um, Health Canada actually on their website has a lot of great pregnancy resources that all um a lot of them talk about like following canada's food guide and there's a link to the parmed x which is the physical activity readiness questionnaire for pregnancy which you can fill out with your physician to determine what sorts of activities would be best for you to do during pregnancy based on your health um and then we always suggest like people can call into our lab and if they want information we're very happy to give that out Interesting. 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 Is that like a twenty-four hour hotline? (laughs) How does that work? Business hours uh, during the week only. But yeah, if if someone's interested and they're like, "Well, maybe I don't have time for a study, but can you give me some information?" We're more than happy to provide them with that. Yeah. So, uh, can you speak a little bit about maybe the ecosystem? Like, all scholarship is like a response to scholarship before it. So, what kind of uh, world? are you going into when talking about like public like this 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 area so like what uh what question are you responding to or trying to build upon um well like i said the notion that you should be eating for two and kicking your feet up and having people do everything for you so we're trying to change that that thinking especially in a lot of older doctors too they might suggest that to their part- to their patients um so we're trying to change that societal way of thinking that oh you're pregnant take it you know sit, let me do it for you I'll go get it here have some you want treats have the treats like we want to change that way of thinking so that everyone can have a healthier pregnancy because it does impact the baby's health and leads into like a cycle of ill health for many generations to follow so mm-hmm. do you feel that that mindset is like the common one still like very prevalent in society? I, I think so especially in um well I know that it, in like ethnic groups it is like with older people it is quite strong um so we're trying to trying to change that mindset yeah no i I remember that but my mom always told me that my dad was always like you know always on her you can't move you gotta eat fish all day things like that so it is that very old-fashioned traditional mindset and it's changing i mean in in the circles that i talk about my research and a lot of people are like oh yeah everyone should know that but (laughs) it's not no it's in the public a lot of people don't and a lot of people seek out our lab or look to join a research study because they truly want more information because there isn't a lot out there uh, based like um, about specific guidelines of what to do during pregnancy. So, 
So, uh, as a lab, given that you're looking into this and promoting this, do you guys do uh, like social media to kind of get the awareness out, or is it a matter of waiting for the research to trickle into medical practice to trickle back down into the into the public to get people aware of um, how they should be changing and acting? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so far, only for into social media is like to advertise for our studies. So no, we haven't actually been promoting anything actively, but um, we we have a lab website that I know people visit and they can get information on there and then again call in if they want more. But yeah, a lot of it is waiting for it to trickle down into down the pipeline. Is there anything that maybe we can you know promote um, you know from even like government interventions for stuff like this? Maybe like support. Um, is there a lot of support for uh, gestational women, like women who are pregnant? Um, so, like, financial mm-hmm. aids, maybe for, like, price of the, the food that you're mm-hmm. asking them to buy, mm-hmm. things like that. Are these resources available? Not that I know of. Okay. I don't think there's, in Canada at least, not any. I know in Norway there are stipends that are given to pregnant women okay. to help them, you know, if they, again, if they're, like, a single mother or not working during their pregnancy or something. But in Canada, I'm not aware of any, so... Yeah. I seem to remember something about one of the Scandinavian countries providing a baby box to a baby, uh, yeah filled with yeah yeah and you can fold it out like into yeah, a crib and it yeah. comes with with formula and diapers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing so that would be something that I think would be really neat yeah. to see Canada do but yeah I mean from a practical standpoint given the size difference mm. <laughs> yeah I mean something like that would be great especially if there were free programs or something that like activity programs that pregnant women could join because I know it is it is expensive to join a gym or do yoga during your pregnancy if you were looking to be physically active which is why our program is a walking program like you can do that anywhere so it's what I find really interesting about what you're doing here so like I was just reading upon this uh, for a different topic but uh, I'm interested in like how science like uh, medical pathologies that we think are like you know something that you either you do a treatment or you inject somebody with it but then you realize that like like the example that I was reading recently was alcoholism and how it is a disease that's not just something that exists in the realm of science but it's a social mm-hmm. it's a um it's a social cultural and also biomedical and uh social like um like in the sense of like uh, political issue, mm-hmm. and so I guess um, I guess I'm ask you like, is there anything that your research goes into that talks about making the whole idea of getting active and eating well work well in like a social context, like um, helping people who are economically disadvantaged or anything like that? Not at this point in my research, no. But that would be something really interesting to look at, definitely. It's not something that I've ever considered looking at or, you know, like, changing. So that is an excellent point. Yeah, I was just wondering because, like, I was like, oh, it'd really be really nice to tell pregnant women to walk and eat healthy. And I was like, well, what are, like, the people who... What if they can't? Yeah, yeah. what if they work, like, you know, a a nine-hour-a-day job and all those things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we have had women who have participated and they are like stressed and busy and we say you know what if do whatever works for you if, if you can only walk once a week do that it's better than nothing so right. we try I, I know food cost is a big one yeah uh, i know and there's a lot of people like i, I know it is expensive to mm-hmm. eat uh, healthy but do you find that's a major barrier today i think in general yes that is a major barrier none of the women we have seen come through our lab i think recently have had that issue um 
there might have been maybe one or two but that I know of but um luckily no one has but I know that it is a big issue especially looking at like cost per density of calories of food so if you are struggling and you're looking to feed yourself you're going to go for the more low cost foods which are usually more calorie dense but also less healthy um so it, it's it's a hard balance to, to achieve I guess but yeah it would be interesting to look at different um changes we could make to improve that so you guys focus on like quality of carbohydrates rather than quantities as well as, well as quantity yeah as well? yeah so I mean you wouldn't want to eat all your carbs as cake or something you know you'd okay. want more complex carbs that would break down slower in your body so you're fuller longer all right Karishma we're mm. just coming near the end of the show now if I could ask one last question mm-hmm. that I always like to ask my guests if somebody out there is really interested in this program or say you are listening on the radio right now and you are pregnant and in London and want to get involved can you tell them where to go who to call what to email etc cetera, etc cetera? Sure. So they can call into our lab at Western. The number is 509-661-2111, extension 88366. Um, Or they can, if they Google, search for exercise and pregnancy lab, UWO, our website should come up and there's all the contact information on there. And yeah, we'd be happy to get new participants. Or if anyone, like I said, needs more information about eating healthy during pregnancy or exercise during pregnancy, we're more than happy to share that. Excellent. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for coming on and sharing Thank your you for research having with me. us. All right, everybody out there in London land, GradCast is a production of SOGS, the Society of Graduate Students, uh, kind of like the, I don't know what you call it in undergrad land, the SRC, the student government of the graduate students. Anyways, it's very aside. If you want to come on and talk about your own research, which helps for your CV, scientists, you know how much communication is important these days. Come on out and talk to us. You can come on the radio, or if you think the radio is a bit too intimidating, there's always the podcast, which we produce every week. So if you want to listen to the podcast, which actually uh, comes out more often than the radio show at a two-to-one ratio, you can go to gradcastradio.ca, where this show will be in a few months and many others, uh, so you can check out all the way back to episode one. If you can't get enough GradCast and if you want to talk about your own work, contact us, gradcastradio at gmail.com. That's the place to go. Or hook up with GradCast Radio on Twitter and Facebook, where Emma, our host today, actually does uh, a lot of our wonderful work. So thank you very much for that. I promise to respond within at least 24 hours. Yes, and other than that, you guys just have a wonderful night it's beautiful probably by now so take care stay in school that's all we got for this week if you like this episode share with someone check us all out on twitter and facebook both you can find through gradcast radio you can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca and if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research great line for your cv go to gradcastradio at gmail.com the theme is happy boy by kevin mcleod and we will see you guys next time Thank you.